Hey there, my name is Linda Monaghan and it is my mission to help you grow your business, improve your life and find your calm, whatever that may be. Welcome to the Corporate to Calm podcast, where you learn from their experience. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate Cam, where I am speaking with Stephen Murta. Stephen, aka the Exhibition Guy, is the definition of sales. He has worked in so many selling positions. He has opened businesses. He has closed businesses. This episode looks at three key areas. Niching your product down, learning the lesson of asking for help, and learning the lesson not to overcomplicate things. Explain things to your client as if you're explaining them to a six-year-old. I got so much out of this episode. I hope you do too. Please enjoy Stephen Murta's journey from corporate to cam. Thank you. Before we get into this episode of Corporate to Cam, here's a quick word from our sponsor. The Business of Social is a monthly online membership for creative entrepreneurs that simply want to find community and level up their online marketing. Those of you who know me well know I love to network. I love to create my own community and the Business of Social is a community that I am proud to be a part of. So if you're a solopreneur, if you're working nine to five and you'd love some access to social media marketing advice, tips community of like-minded people to simply throw your ideas at and they can act as a sounding board then the business of social is the community for you whether you want to increase your instagram reach create that all elusive mailing list this is a community full of digital marketing expertise expert guest speakers it's a community you simply want to be part of you are interested in joining the business of social please head on over to their instagram at the underscore business of social all one word i'll pop it in the show notes you won't regret joining one you know you want to look up the courage click the button join the business of social hi Stephen. how are you i'm great great linda it's good to be here good thank you so much for being a guest on the corporate camp podcast We'll get straight into it. Tell me a little bit about you, your past and how you've ended up at the exhibition guy. Yeah, I suppose I've, I've been in sales a long time. I'm, I'm in the sales industry, I suppose, nearly 30, 30, 30 oh, a little over 30 years or so. And I started say, say nothing, say nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more than 30, actually. But anyway, there you are, Wilson, who's counting? Um, but I've been in the sales industry for a huge amount of time. I started in Yellow Pages and, and I absolutely loved that. And um, I spent five years there. And, and I love this idea of selling concepts, but the office moved in Yellow Pages. So I decided to go into and through a silly decision, but I, I ended up getting into office equipment and I absolutely hated it. I was just right. so bad at it. I just couldn't sell office equipment. But yet I've been really successful in, in, in selling um, concepts, advertising, marketing, yeah. that kind of thing. And at one stage, then I kind of decided in my wisdom after the office equipment experience that I wanted to go back into the world of concept selling. So I heard about job and exhibitions, didn't know anything about exhibitions at all. Uh, but I said, listen, I'll give it a go. I was young. I was, uh, I say that was a long time ago. And um, I got into the industry and I, m- I remember from the very first day I walked in, I just said, this is something I really enjoy. And I'll give you a quick example. I, I, the very first day I arrived into the office, like never been to an exhibition before. And my boss said to me, she said, here's a floor plan, which is what we sell basically box in, in a venue. And I'm going to Australia. And I said, oh, great. When are you going to Australia? She said, eh, now. 
So that was the extent of my training uh, in exhibitions. But what, what I'm, why I'm saying that is I got on the phone to somebody and put through potluck or whatever it was. Yeah. They t- said, oh, I want to book a stand at that exhibition. First call, I'm booking business already. I said, I'm really good at this. So I, I loved it from that moment. I just mm. loved the whole buzz of building up an exhibition and, and then actually delivering it. Um, so I fell into that world really by chance. I'd worked in radio as well. I did some radio presenting. I did some radio selling. And I, I never really found out what I'd, I really wanted to do. So when I ended up in exhibitions, I kind of thought, this seems like home for me. Yeah. Um, and I was. And I spent 12 or 13 years at that company in Sandyford. And I absolutely loved my time there. And then I, I decided in my wisdom, I'd go out and set up my own exhibition company because I figured I could do this. So I set up an exhibition company. Unfortunately, it didn't work. Went okay. under after about five years. It was a very, very stressful time. Uh, to, I had to remortgage the house. I, had to, I lost a lot of money. And it wow. was just a horrendous time. People, ne- people never know the journey, do they? Like the, what, what you have been through to get here. Yeah. No, they don't. And, it, and it's funny because I remember I remember I, I put my heart and soul into the business. And, and five years later, I'd done some good events, by the way. It wasn't all bad. But one particular event put me under um, about 100K. So it was a huge loss. Wow. And it really was a stressful time emotionally and mentally and physically. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of, I had to close down the company and liquidate the business, which was really, really hard. And it was, I remember the day going in, having to ring people I owed money to saying, listen, I can't afford to pay you all the money. I can pay some of it. I can't afford to pay it all of it. Yeah. But the first day I went in, I couldn't, I couldn't pick up the phone. I had an office in Sandyford. I closed the door, said I make a pause, and I sat there looking at the phone for the whole day. Uh, and I was just, I was an emotional wreck, to be honest. Yeah. So the next day I went into the same office and I locked the door. I threw the key out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'm not leaving here until I ring those people. And at the time I was a smoker and I smoked a lot of cigarettes during that day. And I still oh, didn't no. the phone until about five to five. I picked up the phone and made my first phone call. And I rang the people. It was, in fairness, it wasn't that many, but I, I I had to do it and yeah. I rang them eventually and they were actually pretty cool. I mean, I didn't do this on purpose. Yes. I yes. didn't leave them too high and dry either. In fairness, now it wasn't, it wasn't like that kind of situation. But once I'd done that, I was at a bit of a loss. I spent three months kind of hiding under my quilt going, what am I going to do? Wouldn't talk to anybody. And it was just, it was a horrible time. It really was. It was about 2008, I think it was, 2009. And people go, oh, that was a recession. That was a recession. That was definitely part of it, but right. it wasn't the main reason. The main reason was me. I've made a mess of it. I sold stands, but not chased the money. And anyway, long story short, I kind of hobbled around wondering what to do. Did a bit of freelance work in the UK and freelance work here in Ireland. And um, at, well, at some point, I kind of realized I would found my grow again for exhibitions because I was freelancing the exhibition industry. But one thing that, that struck me about about the people I was selling to mm. was that they would go to an exhibition and they would do no work, no beforehand, no marketing, right. no planning, and then spend loads of money and then the show wouldn't go well and they'd blame me. Right. And I kind of thought, there's got to be a better way than this. So I set up a coaching business called Your Sales Coach Limited. And um, my business mentor said to me, he said, the idea is brilliant, but you're focusing oh, totally on, on a very general word of sales, whereas your background is in exhibitions. So I kind of thought he's probably right. So he said, yeah. you should be much more niche. So I went down the niche route and I was trying to decide on a name for the company. And what used to happen when I used to sell exhibitions all those years ago was I'd ring up a company and I'd hear the receptionist covering the phone, 
roaring across the office to whoever the person was saying, your man, that exhibition guy's on the phone again. Right. So that's where the exhibition, your, uh, my, my company name came from, the exhibition guy, because obviously that's what I do. I'm in the exhibition industry. I love what I do. I'm yeah. really lucky. And, and I spend a lot of time away going to nice places, talking about exhibitions. It couldn't be any better than that. And what did you learn from the experience? Like you said, three months kind of doing nothing. Like, is there anything like that's a, that's what, 15 years ago now? Yeah. Is there anything that would be available today that m- might have helped you? Like, do you know what I mean? Because it's very hard to kind of turn around and go, I'm after failing at this. I can't face anybody. And I love that you locked yourself in a room just to get it done. It's like eating that frog, isn't it? It's like, yeah, exactly. To, yeah, it's like yeah I have to do this. I have to. What, what, what lessons did you learn from that experience? Like, yeah, I suppose to come to the first part of the question, because you, you are so right. If, you, if I talked 15 years ago, 13, 14, whatever amount of years ago yes, it was, yeah. um, and, and as, a, as a male, and I talk about mental health, and, and, and 13 years ago, if I said to somebody, if those words come out of my mouth that I'm struggling mentally, people would have looked at me and gone, what? Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, it, it's not a sexist thing at all, by the way. No. It, it, if anything, it's against men, not women, but... but what I noticed was 13 years ago was I, I, it's not that I didn't have support, but I didn't ask for support. Right. And I suppose that's the big difference because it's okay for, for us blokes now to say, I don't feel good mentally. I mean, I have, I have some really bad days mentally. Mm. Uh, I, I suffered mentally over the years, like many, many people, but I'm much more open and aware of my, my mental state now. Yeah. I wasn't then. I hid under my quilt, as I say, for three months, uh, nearly divorced, nearly lost my house or, and, and everything else. And I had yeah. really young kids at the time. And, and I think that was a massive struggle. If our exercise was repeated today, I think I'd be much quicker to ask for help, yeah. look for help, realize that it's, you know what, it's not that bad. Okay, yeah. it's money. It's a lot of money. But yes. If I was to go back and say, would I do it again? I wouldn't plan on doing it again. But I wouldn't be averse to learning the lessons that I learned from that because yeah. I did learn a lot of lessons that I can't do everything. You can't be, you can't be, you, you can't do everything yeah. and you shouldn't be good at doing everything because, because other people are good at doing everything. We all have different yeah. skill sets. So I think it's about adapting to what am I good at? How can I capitalize on that? Yeah. What am I not so good at where I can, I don't necessarily have to do those things. I'll give you a prime example. I, I, I'm not great in the account side. The account isn't my thing. I'm more sales yeah. marketing guy. Um, so when I set up the exhibition guy, I said, I can't spend all this time trying to work out accounts. Of course, I have to know how to do them, know how to look for things. But that's not really my function. As yeah. in, I can pass that to somebody else. And that's an opportunity for me to spend more time doing what I'm good at. So I use a company called Contracting Plus in Cork. They do all my accounts for me. And it's really, really easy. I pay them a fee. But what I pay them is about, I'd say, not even two hours of what I bill normally when I'm selling my product yeah. or service. So it makes sense to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I learned that lesson that we can't do everything and just capitalize on what you're good at. And I'm not saying ignore what you're not good at, but look and see how important that really is in the grand scheme of things, because sometimes it's not that important. And when you talk about... Um coaching people with exhibitions like yeah. I, I I I was I'm a background market background right. in marketing myself yeah. and yeah. you know when you go in and you see the floor plan and everything like that would you obviously there's prime real estate within yeah. that floor yeah, plan 
but it's you mentioned something really um pivotal there if I, really important was the fact that people go in and they stand there and like yeah. they, they do nothing with the space so i always you know would be at exhibitions um from my yeah, previous life and you'd see people then about oh we got a terrible space or we did and you're looking at them during the time and it's like no, no engagement not and it's nearly that whole fear factor it is yeah. in the space and it's like the, the you know the most vivacious of people can have the yeah. worst spaces yeah. make the most money absolutely and it's it's interesting because because people always say to me should i bring my best sales people to an exhibition and i always say not necessarily right now that kind of is counterintuitive to what you think it should be but you know when we talk about exhibitions and, and one of the reasons why i'm in business and one of the reasons i'm very passionate about what i do is it's for the very reason is that I deliver, I deliver, so I develop, should I say, a program called the seven steps to exhibition success, which is seven key things you need to do to be successful when you're exhibiting a trade shows. Three of them focus on what we do beforehand, three of them focus on this during the event, and one of them focuses on the after event. And I've delivered a course to about maybe four or 5,000 companies now. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and it's, 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 it's it, and ever, the, resp- the response is always the same. Oh my God, it's so simple. And as I say to people, there's no rocket science. The more you yeah. complicate something, the more complicated it becomes. M- most amazing things are simple. Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. It's like that expression in sales training, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. It's about making the other, like I always, when I'm training um, people in selling specifically, I talk about how can you explain that to a six-year-old so they're going to understand what it means? Yeah. And if you can do that, you can do anything, by the way. And I used to train um, c- kids under up to under 13 from about seven, up to seven to under 13 in football and rugby. And trust me, if you can explain that to a seven-year-old, then you're, you're well attracted to being successful. But come, to come back to the exhibition piece, I, I, really the passion for me is, is to actually work with companies and organizers and exhibitors who are doing trade shows and who want to get a better return. Yeah. Because as you just said, and rightly so, just rocking up to a venue, no marketing, no planning, no idea why they're there, sitting down, eating their lunch, texting their mates, bad graphics, all those things. Yeah add up to a, a bad a bad event. And I'm going to give you an example. I was talking to a potential client recently, well, it was a little while ago, and he does the Ideal Home Show and he sells kitchens, 50 grand kitchens. Mm. And I said to him, how did the show go? And he said, well, it wasn't great. And I said, okay, tell me more. How many inquiries did you get? He said, 126. I said, great, that sounds like a lot of inquiries. I said to him, how many would you normally convert? He said, about 20%. So that's about 50 kitchens and about 50 grand. So it's a lot of money, basically. And I said, how many of them have followed up? So I've been just too busy. So I said, you're too busy to chase up the thing that you paid money to get. And genuine and genuine leads, like hot leads as well, not Absolutely. cold. Absolutely, 100%. And this is why I say to people, uh, when, I, when I train exhibition organizers, or sorry, exhibitors specifically, I, I say to them, this is about the simple things. You can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I can't yeah. make you do this. But if you do this, you're going to be more successful. You want to be more successful. And they go, well, of course we do. And it's, well, you've got yeah. to put work in. It's, it's, just, it's not a magic formula. Yeah, yeah. I love oh, it, I love what I do. I'm really Yeah, good. yeah. No, but it is. It is so interesting. Um, and like for anybody listening, go, next time you're at an exhibition, you can spot these people a mile away. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And you can spot the guys. And the, the other thing that's so frustrating from the past is, hiring people to do your exhibition but you know like t- college kids you know <laughs> promoting the soft drink or and I'm like 
they know nothing about your company and they know nothing yeah. about your message. Why would you yeah. do, you know, it's like. I just don't get that myself. Yeah. I just, because you, you wouldn't bring somebody, a, a, a college person in with no experience whatsoever and just say, oh, go out now from our, our, our front door of our business and go out and start selling. Yeah. Mo- sorry, most people don't do that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just because, you see, as I say to people, exhibiting is the most expensive way of getting business if you right. get it wrong. But equally speaking, it's the best way of getting business if you do it right. But you've, you've got to think about that. It's not a magic money tree. It's like I always say to exhibitors, it's the organizer's responsibility to bring people to the front door of the show. Yeah, yeah. But it's your responsibility to bring them to your stand. So it, it's interesting, my point of view, that I work in India, I work in Dubai, and the message exactly the same in all those countries. It's no different anywhere yeah. I go. The principles of exhibiting are the same. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about... Um the pandemic and how that affected the industry because <laughs> exhibitions um, virtual exhibitions I'm sure are, are yeah. not as impactful as uh, physical ones yeah it was it was a huge impact I mean it's funny because I remember I was training on the day that the, the country closed down I was training um, actually I was training at Dublin Chamber of Commerce as it turned out um, that morning the day it was announced the country was closing down at mm. lunchtime we were told you need to go home and you're never coming you're never coming out for a few years but we didn't know. I think yeah. nobody knew. Our industry closed down. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't kind of oh, operate at half capacity. It closed down, basically. And I'm not poor mouth in the exhibition industry, but we were one industry above many others mm. that completely closed down. Now, pre, pre-closing down, I had a massive order book. I was due to go to India for, for 10 days for a massive training sessions. I was due to go abroad for a good few places. And obviously that all stopped all the stuff I had all the bookings I had like everyone else by the way I'm not I'm not saying I'm any different just disappeared and then about six months into the pandemic kind of well sorry maybe if I go backwards slightly so what am I going to do yeah I had no I mean I didn't know what to do like everyone else I didn't know what I was going to do didn't know how long it was going to last and I think the fact that we didn't know how long it was going to last was a bit of a challenge as well because it's like okay this is going to last two weeks two months six months 12 months two years whatever yeah so I'd done quite a bit of training online before COVID. Um, as it turned out, I'd been quite lucky. So when the, the whole virtual piece came on during the pandemic, I was quite lucky that I was pretty au fait with how, you, how, how to use Zoom, how to use yeah. tech, and how to, to present online and stuff like that. So I was very lucky. But there wasn't a lot of business. Yes. So I did a huge amount of, 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 of um, introspection, if I could call it that, into my own business about what am I doing that's working? But also what am I doing that's not working? Right. How can I get the good stuff and make it better? And how can I dump some of the things I was doing beforehand that really aren't making me any money? So I spent a lot of time in that. But I also spent a lot of time engaging with people globally in the exhibition industry on Zoom. Yeah. Who I'd never spoken to before. Yeah. So, and I'd never seen before and I'd never met before. And I did a huge amount of that. And now, as I look back, that actually was hugely advantageous to keep that relationship going. Yeah. Because virtual exhibitions came along, but unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, they weren't very successful. Yeah. And they still haven't been successful. So for me, about a year into the pandemic, I started getting people thinking, oh, this is going, this will end sometime. We need to think about what we're going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of people coming to me saying, can you train our sales team now for what's going to happen in the future? yeah I mean I don't know what's going to happen in the future but yes of course I can so I did a lot of motivational sessions um, on Zoom and getting people prepared for going back to selling 
Yeah. So that really got me through. And the Entrepreneurs Academy did a huge amount of courses yeah, online, yeah. obviously, during COVID. So that really kind of got me through. But if I was to look at it, honestly, it was, would I say it was a bad time? No. I got much more time with my kids, yeah. who are now 20 and 15. So they were kind of mid-teenage years at that stage. So that was amazing. Yeah. And do you think that your experience in in 2008 helped your resilience during the time? So you, you know, maybe weren't facing what somebody else in your exact same position was facing because you had kind of, you know, been through something really, really bad with your business. And this was kind of like, okay, if I could face that, I can face anything as well. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, I I went through some particularly bad times as a kid. But anyway, but why I'm just referencing that is we all have these bad times that we suck off and the good times that we need to. And and I've always prided myself to to an extent in that I'm very resilient. Now, I don't feel resilient every day, by the way, but I I get out there and do it. I mean, because that's what we have to do. So I think if I was to look back pandemic-wise, those tougher days, the 2008 experience, my kids' experience, that that definitely helped me go, you know what, I can push through this. I'm 54 years of age now. I can yeah. push through this. This is just another chapter. Yeah. It isn't a great chapter, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah. just another chapter. Yeah. <laughs> and having helped. that and having that time, I suppose that, you know, when, when you mention about that um, person having 126 leads and not following mm-hmm. up on them, but having that time, to look at your business and go I'm actually in my bed like working on my business rather than in it every day like and I think that a lot of people didn't do that do you know that way there's a lot of people that reacted and what what can I do and what can I how can I make money and how and and it was such a prime time to take a complete step back and go okay how can I help me? And then how can I help other people as well? with the Yeah, see, we're never getting that time back. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing I'm not good at, and I know this year you're very good at this, but one thing I'm not good at, I'm not great at switching off. Yeah. I'm, I'm Duracell, I'm on all the time. I, I find it, I sometimes, like, I wake up in the middle of the night, go, great business idea, let's write that down. I did it at three o'clock this morning. And, and I'm, I'm a demon for doing this. So I, I do yeah. find it very difficult to switch off. But if I think if I look back and say the two years that we had pandemic wise, I'm a I'm gonna this is gonna send out right now. I'm I'm a, I'm a definitely a better person today than I was before the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, mentally, physically, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm certainly not perfect, by the way, but I'm definitely a better place, better place than I was before. And I think we all have to draw from let's let's skip COVID. We all have to draw from the bad experiences. It, mm. It's like I always say, when I, I used to train train people, or when I used to train kids, and they didn't always understand this, but you can't understand the real joy of winning unless you learn, learn how to lose. Yeah. And I always, it's one of my mantras in life, right? so you can't understand the joy of winning unless you learn how to lose. And what I mean by that is, you, in relation to COVID, you can't really, if you haven't had bad times, then the good times won't be as good. Yeah. So for me, having had bad times helped me through to be a better person. I hope that makes yeah. sense. No, it hundred percent makes sense. Yeah, I think, and I think for those of us who took that step back, it is the future is only brighter. Like because you know it, you can be faced with anything now, and it's like okay, I can cope with this, and I can get through it, and I can build you know a really good yeah. business out of it. And yeah. um, is the industry getting back to where it was? Uh, yeah, yes, I'm going to say yes and no. Yes, it is. It's, it's very manic at the moment because right. 
a lot of the shows that were due to happen during COVID or the ones that were due to happen when COVID officially finished but didn't happen for whatever mm-hmm. reason, they're all trying to get dates in different venues globally. And that's a challenge because it's a limited, the venues can only take a certain amount of, yeah. of uh, events. So there's a lot of manic business at the moment. Everyone trying to square peg round hole, push it all to one place. Now that is starting to settle down. So we are seeing across the industry in the exhibition industry, people saying shows are great. We are really glad to be back. So we're definitely back where we were before to COVID. In fact, I think we're possibly ahead of where we were at COVID. Right. Now, the downside is there are companies who unfortunately who've gone out of business who are just not there anymore. And it's very sad to see really good people and really good companies leave our industry. But unfortunately, that's it is what it is. And I hate that expression. Yeah. But that's so the industry is back. Uh, talk of virtual is literally zero at this stage where it was 100% six months or a year ago uh, and that's a good thing because we sell a face-to-face medium that's what we do well so that's great and tell me about um we've got like a sneak peek into like your your values and you know your your mantra and everything like that how important is it for your values to align with clients values with people that you're coaching do you think about that a lot or um do you just take the money and run <laughs> no 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 it's good it's a really good point no I do think about it I do because like it's like I say coming back to my age factor like I want to work with people who appreciate what I do I want to work with people who are going to pay me what I deserve to be paid and and, and for me to deliver what I say I'll deliver so like the companies who I work with, I, I'm very specific about the companies I work with. I have an ideal client checklist and, and, and they, they don't have to tick every box, but yeah. if they don't tick most boxes, I'm not working with them. Um, I value my time too much to work on with people who don't appreciate what I do. Yeah. So when it comes to my values, what I believe in and the company values they have, they need to be aligned. We need to be thinking on the same page. And aside from anything else, from a selfish point of view, if your values and your client's values are aligned and you work together, you're far more likely to work with them again and again and again and again. Like, yeah. Once off business is great, but I want to work with clients all the time on a regular basis. So yeah. have to, the values have to be aligned. And if you like had, if say a, a prospective client or um, somebody was kind of like, oh my God, I really want to, to work with this um, guy. And they asked you for three top tips for exhibitions. Um, what would be your three top tips off, off the top of your head there? Yeah, no, I mean, when it comes to exhibiting at a, at a, at a show, the, the, the first one is planning. You mm-hmm. have to have a plan. You don't go to an exhibition willy-nilly hoping it's going to happen because it won't, it doesn't work that way. So I always say to people, commit to paper what you want to commit to reality. Yeah. Um, and, and from that point of view, I say to them, and they may laugh sometimes, you write the plan down, handwriting, because it goes in much quicker. You use a black pen, it goes in even much quicker because when you use a black pen, you remember more information. That, that's a little aside. But what I get them to do is <laughs> to write down one to two-page plan, what do you want to achieve? Okay. Because when you do that, you commit it to yourself, but you also commit it to your team and everyone is, it, is more likely to do it if it's written down. That's the first thing. The, the second thing is when it comes to marketing at events or marketing yourself before you exhibit at an event, I'll come back to something I said a little while ago. It's the organizer's job to get people to the front door of the show. It's your job to get them to your stand. So you need to have some form of marketing activity strategy in order to bring the people who you want to meet, not everyone, people you want to meet to your stand. So that's number two. And the big one is follow-up. 
Mm-hmm. Most people do an exhibition and they come back and go, that's great, I have 500 business cards or whatever that might be. It's not about the business cards, it's about yeah. what you do with the business cards. Yeah. So you need to follow up every lead within six days because when you do that, you become more successful. Yeah. And what about the biggest don't in the industry? What do you see people continually doing? And you're like, oh my God, just stop. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. And it's a really, really simple and, and maybe sound like a bit of a silly one. But it, it's it's the one that I always say when you walk into an exhibition hall and you walk up to a stand and the exhibitor says to you, can I help you? Now, 99% of the time, the person will say no and the conversation is over. So when it comes to exhibiting at shows, I just say to people, just put the word how in front of that sentence. Right. It completely changes the dynamic. Yeah. It's about engagement. If you don't, if you can't engage with somebody in exhibition, you're not going to be able to engage with anywhere else. And you're certainly not going to sell your products and services. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In relation to, we, we just touched on um, yeah. your time during COVID and the pandemic and everything like that. And we mentioned about like, physical health and mental health being being fairly good what yeah. habits do you engage in every day for you like forget about the business like what yeah, what yeah. motivates you to kind of just face the day and then subsequently face the business yeah I mean I'm a huge reader I read, I read two or three books a week so I absolutely okay. love reading so I suck up reading I'm reading a book called Fanatical Prospecting right now which is okay it's a business book I don't read all business books yeah. but reading is a huge one for me I think what I what I do is I would I, I have a, what I call a personal development hour I do it well I try and do every day I do most days in fairness um, and what that involves is me actually journaling for 15 minutes mental so whatever's coming out of my head doesn't yeah. matter what it is positive negative whatever it is and then I write down three things I'm grateful for and um, I do a, I do a stretching exercise for 10 minutes and I will take a lot of vitamins in the morning and I try and do that regularly yeah. Now, I'll be honest, I'd love to say I do it all the time. I don't, but I, I keep to it as much as physically the, possible. The intention is there. The intention is there. It is. But I, I think for me, you know, I, I'm one of these people who has to do it because I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm ridiculous perfectionist, which is a really bad trait, by the way. It's not a good trait at all. Um, and I have to I have to just realize I can't do everything. Yeah. So I need to be in a best mental state to be able to do what I can do. And I do that through kind of journaling and stuff like that. Yeah. I find it good, I have to say. And what what do you do? You um, play sports? Oh, sports, sports wise, uh, massive rugby fan. I don't I don't play sports anymore. I do a little bit of walking. Um, I have this this fancy watch that has all these um, bells and whistles on it, and that has motivated me to walk. So I, I walk. I try and walk. Again, people are going to laugh. I walk. Try and walk for about a half an hour a day, five times a week. Yeah, but it's it, but that's. Like that's one of the my biggest messages is that like yeah. that's nothing to laugh. If you can do that consistently for five days a week, there's people that just don't walk. <laughs> do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So it's about those small little spaces of time and cre- creating those small spaces of time yeah. for you as well. It, it um, is, and it's 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 interesting. I walk. We've a new dog. The dog, unfortunately, our dog got knocked down a few weeks. A good few weeks. Oh, I'm sorry a new to dog. hear that. Yeah, we had we had her nine years. Lovely. We have a new dog. She's uh, she's uh, she's just arrived in the in the in the, in the house in the last couple of weeks. So walking her is a bit of a challenge, but I try and do that as well. Yeah, very good, very good. What about you? You just mentioned that you're a perfectionist and efficiencies. We, we you talked about you delegate um yeah. the the numbers out of the business, which I yeah. am a big believer in as well. You know, focus on what you're good at. What about um, being efficient during your day? Have you any tips on how to be more efficient within the business? For for me, I suppose I'm 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 a list guy. I have a I have an Excel spreadsheet. I have a diary that I've used for the last 
four, five, six years. And on it, I've got 15 block, block, blocks for each day. Yeah. But now, I don't always do 15 things, by the way. But what I, what I will do each day is I look at what are the five most important things I need to do today. Yeah. Now, they could be something really, really basic or it could be something very complicated. It doesn't matter. But I aim for those five each day. If I can get those five done each day, then happy days. The other stuff, I'm not saying is not important, but I focus on those key things that I've got to do. And I, I tend to try and do those in the morning because I, I, I believe people are more productive in the morning. Yeah. I certainly am. Um, so I try and get those done in the morning time. And that, that's really my thing is, is to tick off the boxes. Now, it's quite childlike in some ways, but listen, it works. The motivational yeah. piece. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever gets it done is nice. Absolutely. 100%. Um, and what about um, do you, like going forward? What about the future? Do you have any other projects in the pipeline? Have you anything, anything bubbling away? You mentioned three o'clock this morning and you're writing down business ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I do. I mean, I, I just, um, excuse me, I just um, signed a deal with a US, big US company to do um, exhibition training for all, for all their clients. They organize, Amazing. they run 1,100 trade shows across the US. Um, now, it looks like that's going to come to, to pass and it's not going to start till early next year. But if that comes to pass, that's a complete game changer for my business. It, it'll, it'll catapult the numbers that I do Amazing. each month by about 25, I'd say. <laughs> so I have that. I'm, I'm also looking at new training courses, developing more online training courses that I can sell off the shop as well as doing face-to-face ones. Um, and always looking for those ideas. But for me, it's it's just really focused right now on doubling down on what I'm doing well and and getting rid of some of the stuff that I'm not doing so well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems that you're you're, you're doing quite a bit well, so it's 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 great. Um, tell me about actually going to India there. Um, during the summer, you, you yeah. went off and won won an award. Ah, that was lovely. Yeah, no, I do a huge amount of work in India, uh, India at the moment. India, but I got, um, I, I had a client, some clients over there and the exhibition awards in India, which is quite a big thing in India, uh, was on. So I've been on, I've been on TV. I do some radio stuff over there. I've done some, uh, written articles, but they, they, they contacted me and said, listen, will you speak at the event? Will you yeah. talk about exhibition in the future? So, yeah, I'm delighted to do that. So they brought me over to India and when I got over there, I was bestowed with, I think that's the best word I can describe it to. Um, with the award for, and it's a, quite a long one actually. I got the ex. Oh no, let me get this exactly right. <laughs> I got the um, outstanding exhibition influencer in the uh, Indian market. And for me to get an award like that in a country of one point eight, one point three billion people, yeah, yeah, crazy. and it was amazing because I went over and and again I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, but but everyone knows who I am. They go, oh, you're the exhibition guy. You're an exhibition. Now obviously I look different as well, but I've, I've a huge following there and, and people go you're a celebrity I'm going this is ridiculous what a celebrity <laughs> well as it turned out one of the guys who was over there said yeah yeah no you're a celebrity um, and tomorrow we I went I was there on a Friday said so tomorrow I'm going to collect you from our, your hotel and um, we're bringing you to the Taj Mahal for a private tour so I got the private tour private chauffeur and they stopped in this five-star hotel on the way down to the Taj Mahal from from where I was in Delhi uh, Noida and lovely five-star dinner with butlers and maids and it was just mental stuff and then it brought back and it was just it was an amazing experience absolutely. I'm, I'm laughing at, I even I'd say you're like you know such such a lovely thing to experience but then you're like influencer me what? yeah no, I know I'm just, like it was funny because when I was over there one when, when I was in one of the meeting rooms the meeting room was about was about the same size as the box room in a, in a standard bedroom 
I was I was lifting my briefcase and the guy said, no, no, you, you can't do that. That's my job to lift your briefcase. I'm looking like the wall is just like two feet away. <laughs> he said, if you do, if I don't lift this, I get fired. Like, I'm just like, How sad is that now, to be honest? Um, but it was just, it was a great experience. And um, I like India. I do like, like yeah. India, but it's a long trip. So uh, you, it's a very, very different culture of selling over there. And very yeah. different culture of experience, but still a lot yeah yeah and it's a great it, honor. It, do you know what it's it can only be beneficial to learn and sell in completely different cultures and that is it as well like that's the thing it's 100 i did i did yeah. it's funny because i came back from india and the following week i was training in abu dhabi and, and doha now uh, they were online as it turned out and then the following week i'm doing down in cork so it's like oh, you're going for one yeah <laughs> yeah and completely different cultural backgrounds which is oh yeah very fantastic. much so yeah yeah it's yeah. Great. Oh, I love what I do. I'm like, I, w- I was going to say, I was like, well, I say it's like probably the oddest one in Cork, really. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, probably in some ways as a dub. Yeah, I'm a sixth generation dub, so it was a little bit. I'm, I'm not always that popular in Cork, by the way. But my last um, rugby jersey on. Oh, that well, yeah, that wouldn't go down well. That would no, go not down too well. well. We're, we're a big blue house here as well. Good Bernie. for you. Good same for yourself. <laughs> Tell me something. A lot of people might not know about you. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm going to give you two. Well, first thing is I appeared in Dragon's Den. I don't know whether that's unusual or not. I appeared in Dragon's Den a good few years ago. I pitched on Dragon's Den, which I really Did you? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I pitched on Dragon's Den. Um, I was in in between Exhibition World. I, I was involved in a company, the Daily Deal site, like Groupon. But it was for okay. charity. And it was a specific one for charity. So a certain percentage of what they bought would go to charities. It's a really good concept, actually. And I pitched on Dragon's Den. Um, I didn't get the investment, but I also didn't make a fool of myself. So that was, um, it was a really interesting experience. I loved it. It actually really gave me a huge amount of confidence going forward that if yeah. I can do that, I can actually stand up in front of anyone really and, and, yeah. and pitch. So it was a really good experience. Uh, and the second thing is I can do the Rubik's Cube in 59 seconds. No, really? <laughs> it's a long time ago, but I did that as well. Excellent. Yeah, you go down. Well, my six-year-old, he is yeah, yeah. dying yeah, to yeah. do the Rubik's Cube. Uh, you go, just... <laughs> Um, at Corporate to Cam, we're all about taking a risk to create your own happiness. What would you say to somebody who's kind of thinking about setting up a business um, just has procrastinated for the past couple of years, maybe? What would you say to them? I literally would say, I'd, I'd use the Nike expression, just do it. Yeah. Because if you're always going to second guess yourself as to why you didn't do it, like nothing is, in, 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 say nothing, pretty much nothing in life is fake. Like, if my business went well up tomorrow, I just have to find something else to do or get a job. I just, like, there's no choice. That's yeah. what I have to do. But I do think if you are passionate about something, don't, don't kind of go through your life wondering what ifs. Um, you've got to take chances in life. Sometimes they'll work out. Sometimes they won't work out. Yeah. But that's part of the fun of it. And, and I, I would say just do it. Really, yeah. just go for it. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, every episode, Stephen, we have an either or section. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's just a quick fire either or. So we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, tea or coffee? Oh, tea, 100%. Uh, exhibiting here or exhibiting abroad? Oh, definitely abroad. Sunshine has been a much better thing. True fact. Uh, in person or online? In person, 100%. Uh, Leinster or Ireland? Oh God, you've made a difficult one there. I know, I know. My husband will find that very oh. difficult as well. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go. Oh, I'm gonna go with Leinster. I'm gonna go with my home county. I'm gonna go with Leinster. Uh, teaching or learning? Uh, learning. Uh, the sun or the slopes? Sun. 
uh, book or podcast? I, I should say podcast, but I'm going to say book because that's the yeah, reality. That's that's the reality. That's the reality. And LinkedIn or Instagram? Absolutely. 100% 10% LinkedIn. Hands down. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Um, I don't, I don't think I like, you know, I just love doing these podcasts, love talking about it, as you can probably tell. So if anyone wants to contact me, I love, I love connecting with people. I mean, that's, that's, that's the world I live in. And I don't you mean are, you are the connection king on LinkedIn. But definitely. <laughs> connections is my thing. So please do connect to me. That's what I'd all say. You'll get me at the exhibition guy on LinkedIn. I'm lo- I love connecting with people. If I could be of any, any help to anybody, just get in touch, you know. So you've got links and a website. Do you have a website too? Oh, sorry, I do, of course, yeah. Website under construction, but it is live at the moment, which is theexhibitionguide.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for being a guest. No, that's all. It was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed that, man. That was great. That's so good. Uh, listen, I enjoyed having you. Thanks, Mill. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Cam podcast. Please subscribe. Leave a nice review. It really does make a difference or simply come back and listen to us next time. My name is Linda Monaghan, inspiring you to take that leap from corporate to CAM.